street crime stories. From time to time, he was inclined to let them be more creative, but not now. Not on this story. This was an ongoing story about one of the most powerful businessmen in the city. Hugh Langston had his hands in many pots and made money off anything he came across. His money controlled many a politician, infuriating Dillinger to no end. But it had gotten worse, and he had become more dangerous. It now appeared Langston was involved with the crime syndicates who ruled the shadows, and he was playing both sides of the city's power struggle. If we are going to bring down Hugh Langston and his gangland influence, we must do it with cold, hard facts and not flowery verbiage. That won't get us anywhere. His money is financing many of the guns flowing into this city, into my city, and I won't have it. We're going to keep shining a light on his entire company until the criminal enterprise beneath it comes into view. Red's bellowing rant slowed as his ears perked up to a distant sound, getting faster, louder, closer. The police haven't done enough to stop the gun running, so we must put all the facts in front of the people so there can be no dispute Langston is connected to the weapons and the gangs using them. All we know for certain is that they are war era, but a better quality than anything you'd find in an army surplus store. Find out where those guns are coming from. It's the partisans' responsibility to... They all heard it now. Sirens. Their journalistic curiosity drew them to the window, as several police cars and an ambulance came to a stop right in front of their own building. I wonder what's going on. Vivian voiced what everyone was thinking. We may have a new story being delivered to our own front door, Dillinger said. He snatched up his phone and shouted into it, Stop the presses! The printing presses have already been stopped, Mr. Dillinger, replied a husky voice the publisher didn't recognize. Who the hell is this? Put Greer on the phone, he demanded. My name is Jake Shannon, Mr. Dillinger. That's Police Inspector Jake Shannon. Your man, Greer, is the one who stopped the presses, but he can't take your phone call. How the hell has he stopped the printing presses without my consent? Has nothing to do with your consent. He's jammed up in your presses with his body. Throughout her career, photographer Margie Haviland had taken hundreds, if not thousands, of pictures of gruesome crime scenes. Some of them stuck in her mind from the gangland shooting of six innocent pedestrians, a school bus filled with kids pulled from the river, to the victims of the notorious City Park serial killer. None of them were pretty, but even she was shaken by what her lenses focused on now. The massive printing press that someone long ago had given the name Goliath was a mess in many ways. With the gears jammed, a large roll of paper kept spinning until it fell off its spindle and the newsprint folded upon itself and tumbled out into the rest of the room. The smell of printer's ink was mixed with burning grease and flesh. Kneeling, Margaret pulled up the collar on her trench coat and adjusted the brim of her fedora that sat upon her golden locks. 
She didn't want anyone to see her face right now. She kept taking pictures, but her hands were shaking. This was one of their own. Samuel Greer, in charge of the print shop for the Partisan, always made certain the morning, afternoon, and evening edition were perfect and on time for the trucks to take them out through the city. Though always with printer ink on his hands and face, he was considered ruggedly handsome by many of the women who worked in the building. They wouldn't be thinking that of him anymore. Greer's body was jammed into the rolls of gears and paper by the extreme force of the machine. It had taken several minutes for the machinery to grind to a complete stop, and in that time he was pulled through, twisted, torn, and mashed into a pulp.